Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. a little bit of a Frank Sinatra feel to it, does it not? Oh well. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 188, Washington Turkey Hunt. And I am your host and the guy who is done. I am back home and my turkey season is over for 2018, at least spring of 2018. There may be a fall hunt squeezed in at some point this year. In fact, I might take a little look at traveling up to West Virginia and taking on a fall turkey in West Virginia, but I'm just talking right now. No plans have been made. In fact, I haven't even looked at any of the state regulations or the laws or the season dates or anything like that. I'm just talking like, you know, maybe that idea just popped into my head. Regardless, here we are, 288 days, 16 hours, 51 minutes, and 53 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Like I said, my season is over. I still have to put 2018 to bed by cleaning guns. I've already washed my clothes, but I still need to do a little bit of sewing. 
because I had a little accident on my trip last week and tore a pair of my pants. Nothing too major. It was not like a rolling down the mountain in Georgia accident. It was more like a, oops, there's a piece of barbed wire accident that was brought to my attention by the ripping sound of my pants. (laughs) So I've got to put away some gear, clean and store my calls, etc., etc. You know, for me, my 2018 season ended much like and unlike it started for me. That sounds kind of crazy. But the season ended much like it started for me because it included marking off more states from my list of states that I need to kill turkeys in. And much unlike the start of my season, the end of my season involved killing some turkeys. I'm going to recap the past week of hunting with you guys over the next three weeks, including this week, which is, of course, you probably guessed by the title, all about Washington. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag first thing this week and tell you that Washington was a big success for all four of us on this trip. Remember, this is my annual trip that I do with my buddies from college. There are four of us total that go on this trip every year to a different state or states as we've started doing here lately. And we're all in pursuit of the Super Slam. I know for me personally, and I think the other guys feel the same way, my Super Slam is not complete, even if I kill turkeys in all 49 states, until everyone's Super Slam is complete and they've killed turkeys in all 49 states. This is a group effort and we really kind of started this as a group and we're going to finish it as a group. I may be a little bit ahead of two of the guys being Brian and Chip because of this year, but it really had nothing to do with me wanting to get ahead of them as much as it did I knew that I was not going to have a whole lot of opportunities in my home state of Alabama to kill turkeys. And I needed to kill turkeys in states that are just a two-hour drive away from my home in Birmingham. So why not try to mark some of those states off? Now, like I mentioned, Washington was a big success for all four of us on the trip, ultimately. And obviously, that's the goal of these annual out-of-state trips. But Washington was a real test for all four of us as well because it got us out of our comfort zone and it put us in blinds. Deer hunting for turkeys. Now I can tell you that none of the four of us like to deer hunt for turkeys. And I have just come to the realization over the past week that I believe hell for me, if that's where I end up, and I hope it's not. I believe that hell is going to be a box with no doors, but with windows. And there are going to be wild turkeys everywhere around this box. But I'm not going to be able to leave this box to go chase turkeys. I'm going to have to sit there and watch turkeys and watch turkeys and watch turkeys and listen to them gobble and watch them strut and listen to them drum And I'm not going to be able to get out of this box to go chase turkeys. That would be hell for me. To have to listen and see that for eternity, that'd be terrible for me. Oh, and by the way, I would be a world champion turkey caller as well. But that wouldn't matter because I wouldn't be able to do anything about hearing those turkeys and seeing those turkeys outside of this box. 
So that might kind of tell you what it was like for at least me to sit in a blind in Washington. Now, for those of you who hunt using blinds normally, this may not seem like a big deal. But for the rest of you who run and gun, you know that having your bootlaces tied together while watching seven or eight strutting and gobbling turkeys in a 40-acre ag field, waiting and hoping and praying that they will come your way is sheer torture. Sitting in blinds kills turkeys. I don't think you're going to find anybody who turkey hunts who will tell you that if you put a blind up where turkeys travel through, where they feed, where they roost, or where they water, that you won't see turkeys or get the opportunity to kill turkeys. Sitting in a blind kills turkeys. There's no doubt about it, but it is just not the preferred turkey hunting style of the four of us that were on this trip. Now, we agreed when we signed up to hunt with this outfitter that we would give him some time in a blind. And if we gave him time in a blind and that time was not paying off, that he would give us time running and gunning. So Saturday morning last week, that is where all four of us were found. Two in one blind on one side of about a 40-acre ag field and two in one blind on the other side of that same 40-acre ag field. I was in a blind with my buddy Brian, who you've heard on the show before, and Chip and John were in a blind about six to 800 yards away up on a hill. And at first light, the birds started gobbling, and the hens started yelping, and there were lots of birds. I'm going to guess there were eight, maybe 10 toms and 30 plus hens and jakes all roosted in the same area and they all pitched down either into the ag field or into the woods and then walked into the ag field that we were hunting and the toms strutted and gobbled and the hens proceeded to feed separate and move in the directions that they wanted to go for the morning and of course the toms followed them now Right after flydown, Brian and I had a tom in full strut with about four or five hens come within 40 yards of the blind. A coin toss on Friday afternoon determined that Brian was going to be the shooter first. And as Brian got ready to take a shot at the strutter, two more strutters appeared with more hens about 50 yards behind this one. And they were coming our way. Brian put his gun out of the window of the blind and asked what I thought he should do regarding the one turkey that was in range. Does he shoot the single or does he wait for us to be able to get a double? I told Brian to do what he needs to do. Now, I'm talking to you saying that what Brian needed to do was kill a turkey. What Brian wanted to do was get a double. So Brian waited. In hindsight, I guess I should have told Brian to shoot the single when he got a chance because he didn't shoot. Brian waited as the single strutter showed off while his hens fed for a little while. And as the hens with the single strutter started moving off away from us, Brian asked again what I thought he should do. This time I said, shoot him. I plugged my ears. I watched and waited for a shot as the single strutter turned his rear end towards us, and walked straight away from us, not offering Brian a shot. 
that turkey never came out of strut the whole time that we saw him. About 60 seconds after this happened, it became apparent that the two strutters who were behind this one single strutter were not coming to within shooting range of us. And there we sat for five more hours with no shot fired. Now I should probably take the blame here for not being more clear about what Brian needed to do. But when on an out-of-state turkey hunting trip, it is extremely important to take advantage of every opportunity that we get to harvest a turkey. We have to hunt with the killer's mind frame. And like every day is the last day of season and we have one tag left to fill. For those of you working on your Grand Slam, your World Slam, Royal Slam, and or Super Slam, remember that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are killers and there's everybody else. Don't be everybody else. Over the past six or seven years, I have seen or been a part of too many hunts where one hunting partner waited for an opportunity at a double and had both hunting partners end up with no field tags because the opportunity to double never presented itself. If you're hunting at home, then that's fine. That's usually not a problem. Unless you're in one of those states where you have a one-week season like Minnesota. And in that case, you know you've got to take advantage of those opportunities when they come. If you're hunting out of state or out of the country, we should take advantage of each and every opportunity we're given. All right, so I don't want to sound too preachy there, but that is a huge learning opportunity or relearning opportunity for all of us. Now, even though Brian nor I got another opportunity that morning, John did feel his tag in Washington from the blind across the field from us. So out of four hunters, we had one bird down, and that wrapped up our Saturday morning hunt. Saturday afternoon, Chip and Joe, who is our guide, went to a different ranch where Chip filled his tag about five minutes after sitting down in his blind, while John went to Idaho and started doing some scouting on some public land for us. Even though Chip did some good Brian and I had nothing going on Saturday afternoon except for two huge flocks of jakes. Now, at this point, Chip and John had already worked on Joe pretty hard Saturday about putting us in blinds the entire trip. And Joe, again, made the comment that if we gave him some time in a blind and it didn't pay off, that he would let us get out and run and gun. Now, considering that while sitting in blinds, three out of four of us had opportunities to shoot turkeys Saturday. I think that Joe's strategy of sitting in a blind was working. He did what he said he would do. If we gave him the time in a blind, he would get us turkeys. I think that even though Brian and I weren't crazy about sitting for 12 or maybe even 14 more hours in a blind on Sunday, we were both willing to give it another chance for a while Sunday morning. Now, Saturday night, I made the decision that for my Sunday morning hunt, I was going to hunt the same ranch with Joe that Chip and Joe killed at Saturday afternoon. And that was upon Chip's recommendation. This ranch is about an hour away from the lodge where we stayed during our hunt. So I went to bed quickly after making that decision because I had to be up at 2.15 in order to meet Joe at 3.30 in the morning in Cheney, Washington. So after meeting Joe at 3.30 in the morning in Cheney, Washington, we made the short drive to the ranch. We hopped in our blind 
and waited. And about 15 minutes later, we heard this. I'm going to say that there were probably three to five toms gobbling and a large group of jakes gobbling at this point. Joe pointed out a couple of trees to me that were out in front of us and said, let the turkeys get within those trees so that we know they're in range. He said those trees are at about 30 yards. So, of course, I made mental note of that. And then Joe whispers to me after the turkeys fly down. I want you to call once or twice, very softly. So I said, okay. And we waited a little bit longer. The turkeys are still gobbling on the roost. Now, they're probably roosted about 125, maybe 150 yards away from us. But Joe has been on that property a lot, turkey hunting, and he knows what those turkeys do. And he said that the turkeys were roosted on the other side of a meadow from where we were. And that the turkeys would fly down, they would mill around in that meadow for a little while, kind of sort out where they were going, what group they were going to be in for the day, so on and so forth. And then they would come in our direction, probably an hour and a half after fly down. Well, we'd been sitting there for about 45 minutes listening to the turkeys gobble. And Joe leans over and he says, okay, call once or twice now and so so literally about Five seconds after I finished calling, three jakes and four hens come running into the area where the blind is set up. One of the jakes has about a four and a half or five inch beard, but there's a hen with them that has probably a six and a half or seven inch beard. And you know that I want to shoot a bearded hen pretty bad and that there were several times while watching that hen that I was tempted to tell Joe that I was going to take a bearded hen, but I held off and I didn't say it. So we're watching these turkeys for a while. In fact, they stayed within 100 yards of the blind for a little over an hour, around an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 minutes. At one point in time, five of the turkeys that were feeding around us went over to a fallen tree and this tree is about three feet off the ground it's just fallen over and it it is not laying on the ground it's about three feet off the ground and three of the turkeys jump up 
on the tree. And they're standing there and they preen themselves a little bit. And next thing you know, they start scratching on the tree. The other two turkeys would get underneath them and start feeding on whatever it was they were scratching. So I don't know if there were grubs or termites or beetles or something inside that tree, but those turkeys were standing on that tree about three feet off the ground, scratching on it, getting whatever was inside out. Then the ones would come in underneath them and start feeding on it, and the turkeys that were standing on the tree would be pecking on the tree as well. And they did that for probably 15 or 20 minutes. That was very interesting to watch. I'd never seen a turkey do something like that before. And to watch them work together to uncover that food source and eat it was something that was pretty cool. Now, while we were watching those turkeys up on that tree, scratching and pecking around, all right, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of today's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the story about the Washington turkey hunt, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to do that, it's very easy. All you have to do is text the word turkey hunter. Make that one word with no spaces turkey hunter and you're going to text that word to the number 44222 once you do that all you have to do is follow the instructions from there and i will email a link for you to click where you can create an account with the username and a password on podbean and you can pay the 12 dollars annual subscription for the premium content of the turkey hunter podcast That $12 subscription will get you access to all of the premium content in the past, this week's premium content, and premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. It is a bargain at $12. Oh, and by the way, it's not going to be $12 much longer. I know I told you guys June 1 would be the date that I would go up on the cost of the premium subscription. I may put that off a week because I really haven't had time to even sit down and think what I'm going to increase it to. Should I increase it by $3 or $6? So, you've got a little bit of time, but not much time. Go ahead and subscribe. Be sure you don't miss out on any content in any of the upcoming episodes. Hey, before I let you go for the week, I've got a favor to ask of you. And the favor is this. If you would please forward and like this week's episode on social media. If you would do that for me on Facebook and do that for me on Twitter, I would be very appreciative. That's it. That's a pretty easy favor. And that is all that I have for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.